we also want to make sure that what we are sharing in our resume really reinforces our qualifications. So, and that's that's really the lens that we should use to scrutinize any information we provide in our resume is, does this show that I'm qualified for our target job? And that's why that target job is so important. Uh, and um, so readable, makes sense, uh, emphasizes accomplishments, uh, because that's our way of showing that we're skilled and that's our way of showing that we're qualified. We identify our skills and then we give real world examples for how we've applied them. And that's, that's, those are really the makings of a great resume. This is the Public Health Insight Podcast. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. In the previous episode, Gordon and LaShawn spoke with Kamara Tuffalo, resume writer, LinkedIn consultant, and job search strategist, about the importance of identifying your target job before you begin your job search process and some common misconceptions of the applicant's tracking system. In the second part of the discussion, Kamara remains with us to share her expert tips and tricks and best practices you can use to create resumes that will impress potential employers. This is where they left off. So there's one thing um, you constantly mention from me looking at your YouTube videos is uh, make your resume make sense. So what (laughs) do you mean by this? So if we, this is really important, especially for those who are transitioning uh, into new professions, into new fields. We can't use something that we use for a prior profession or a prior field and expect that it's gonna make sense to a new direction. Um, So we have to translate our work experience so that it makes sense to the new direction. So we, we really want to put ourselves in the shoes of the reader and and ask ourselves are they going to understand what i did in that role regardless of whether you're actually changing careers or professions but are they going to understand what i did in that job in the context of their organization and the role that they're hiring for and so that's that's where the make it make sense part comes in is the onus is on you as a job seeker to help the recruiter and the reader of your resume understand that those skills work for this job that you're applying to. So you're saying if I feel like I'm a great fit for a certain job and I feel really confident about the job, I shouldn't expect to just say, here, here's my job application. You need to figure out why I'm a good fit for this role. You're saying exactly. I need to convince you, even though it might be obvious to me that I'm a fit for this role, I need to do some work to convince you in a way that makes sense to what you're asking for in the position. Yeah, exactly. It's not so much about convincing, but it's Mm. about um, educating, Mm. I think is more so what it's about. Um, Because another thing that we need to be mindful of is that the folks who are frontline resume reviewers, um, they probably haven't done the job that you are applying to which is okay. That doesn't make them disqualified to hire for that job. But it means that if you're using a ton of technical jargon, they mm-hmm. might not, it might not resonate with them. Um, if you're using a bunch of acronyms, um, that's creating work for them. And that means they have to go look it up. And we don't want to create work for the reader. We want to make it an easy, seamless process from them reading the resume to making the decision, ah, this person needs to be invited for an interview. 
Mm-hmm. So overall, we're talking about just make your, your resume make sense to whoever is reading it. But with that in mind, what are other ingredients we can use to make a good resume? And how do we know that we've created a good one? Is it only after we've you know, received a job interview that we know that, oh yeah, that was a good resume because I got a job interview. How do we know? And what are some good ingredients to a resume? That's definitely a good measure is if if you are invited for interviews with frequency, um, that you have probably written a good resume. Um, it's not always an indicator, <laughs> but um, but it, it is it is often a good metric. Um, as well, when we when we are writing our resume, maybe so this is not so much of like how you know you wrote a good resume, more so this is the ingredients, is you want to have a very simplified and easy to read structure. So mm-hmm. we talked about the making it make sense. We also need to make it readable. Um, we, we need to make sure that we are creating a document that again, doesn't create work for the reader. If I have to squint in and look at, at a resume like this, or I have to like, edit it in a certain way where I can um, make like make it easier on my eyes uh, or to, to try and extract information, then we know that, that we're, we need to really kind of take a step back and give it a little bit of a, of a renovation. So we've got simplified structure, we've got making it make sense, and then we also want to make sure that what we are sharing in our resume really reinforces our qualifications. So, and that's, that's really the lens that we should use to scrutinize any information we provide in our resume is, does this show that I'm qualified for our target job? And that's why that target job is so important. Uh, and um, so readable makes sense, uh, emphasizes accomplishments, uh, because that's our way of showing that we're skilled. And that's our way of showing that we're qualified. We identify our skills and then we give real world examples for how we've applied them. And that's, that's, those are really the makings of a great resume. So how would you lay out your resume in general? So it, there's two different approaches that I would recommend depending on if you are a recent grad or new grad and an experienced professional. So first I'll cover the recent or new grad. So what I would like to see on a recent or new grad resume is your starting, of course, with your name. Uh, and then under your name, you would include a title for the job to which you're applying. Again, this is why target job is so important. So it, it would be something like, um, what, what's, what's a role that you see a lot of folks applying to right out of school? Like a research analyst or okay. um, a, a research assistant, okay, policy great. analyst. Okay, great. So uh, it would be name research analyst depending on what the title of the job is to which they're applying that's a dynamic line that you that they would be updating with every application Mm -hmm. then underneath that contact information so we've got um city and state or province phone number email address hyperlinked Mm -hmm. um and i can talk more about that in a bit and linkedin uh url hyperlinked as well Mm -hmm. So we've got those different uh, items in our contact information. Underneath that, we want to make sure that we're including a short professional profile paragraph that tells the reader what we're all about um, and as a professional or a new professional in our field. Underneath that um, would be a skills section. 
the skills section can be at the top or it could also be at the bottom. And that's where you're identifying the skills you have that the employer wants as identified in the job posting. Underneath that, or prior to the skills section, we would include our education. So this is this is where the difference mm. is for the new or recent grad, is we lead with the education, because that's that's what makes us the most qualified at that point in, in our careers. And then following that, that's where we put our work experience in, and at the bottom, where the skills may be, uh, you might also have a volunteering section, or a section that showcases your community leadership, community involvement, as it supports your uh, overall uh, job application. So that's new grad. So that was a lot of information. So next is for the uh, professional. So once you've been in your field uh, for a little bit and have some experience under your belt, the structure is largely the same as what I mentioned, but where the difference is, is you're going to swap education and professional experience. Education should be at the bottom or near the bottom of your resume when you're, when you're an experienced professional so that your professional experience can shine. That, that sounds good. And, you know, I was all, all, always under the impression that, you know, you always lead off with education no matter what. So, I mean, that's, that's great insight quick follow-up question I have for that is you mentioned that professional kind of statement at the top of that um, that resume what, what would you include in that section exactly so the formula that I like to use um, is to well first of all we want to the first sentence is like the most important part and the formula I like to use is type of professional you are or type of professional um, you're aspiring to be plus the main solution that you would create. So if we're using research analyst as our example, it would be uh, perhaps aspiring research analyst or research analyst um, known for, uh, let's say, um, transforming large data sets into meaningful um, meaningful uh, public health information or public health insights. Uh, something like that. So it's type of professional you are plus the main solution you'd create that they'd want from you. Mm-hmm. So you might do something. You might do something else great as a research analyst, but is it what they want from you? Is is it the is it fulfilling the main need of this role? Uh, that's what you want to identify there. Just as like a big like bold statement right out of the gate. Then underneath that, you can talk about things like your approach to uh, communication, your approach to collaboration, your approach to leadership. Um, the size of the teams that you've led, perhaps the size as as we're getting further into our career, um, we might want to talk about budgets. Um, put a dollar figure on the budgets, um, so so that the reader knows that oh, okay, this person's capable of handling our budget. Um, if if you're going to uh, speaking of budgets, if you're aiming for a role that has a smaller budget, you can give a range of budgets, like a budget ranging from this to this. Um, stakeholders, uh, if you're engaging with other uh, public agencies, uh, health agencies, um, healthcare authorities, the types of groups that you've engaged with and you've brought together to make stuff happen, that's what you can put in that paragraph. Interesting. I'm learning a lot too. I feel like I watch your videos three times and I still learn something new every time. So <laughs> maybe I didn't do a very good job of explaining things. No, before. there's just a lot. There's a those videos yeah, are a great. Lot to know. Those videos. Oh, are great. thank so, you. So one thank thing you. that stood out for me, and I, I'll use it to segue into this question as well. You mentioned um, having the title on your actual 
in the header of your resume almost. That's something that I, I've never done before. Um, so that's very insightful for me. But can we also then tailor um, previous positions we've had on our resume to be more fitting of what we're, the target job is? Is that something that's common practice? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, so yes, it is um, acceptable to a certain extent. So we don't want to, let's say we were a research analyst and now we're targeting um, like a senior research analyst role or something. Um, it, we don't want to rename it completely to be senior research analyst uh, unless it certainly was that. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, so if it was something that was a research analyst role, but it was called something really weird that wouldn't resonate, like, um, I don't know, like, uh, data collector or something or like um, Googler or something really that does not mm-hmm. make sense uh, in a lot of cases that does happen because there's free reign with naming jobs whatever employers want to name them mm-hmm. if that's the case then yes I would recommend in that case that you translate the role title into something that's going to make sense uh, and going to best represent you um, and best represent what you were doing. So uh, certainly in that case, we would change it to research analyst. Um, now you can also, instead of just totally renaming the title, you could also uh, add some clarity under the title uh, in a little paragraph um, where you do talk about your responsibilities. In that little paragraph, you could say, let's say it was, um, you were called a data collector, but it was research analyst. In that little paragraph, you could say something like, uh, acting as a research analyst. Mm -hmm. So we've got the official title, but we're clarifying that it's a research analyst role. So there's there are there are a variety of different things that we can use, but yes, it is especially amongst resume writers, it is very common practice for us to um, take some creative license with job titles to make sure that. They make sense outside of the organization that our clients are in. And for the students soon to be recent grads as well, would I could I also tailor like an intern role? Let's say my role was student intern. Could I then say research analyst intern? Is that something that's acceptable too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's what you mm. were doing. Um, so if, if you were like, if your title was student intern, which sounds like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which is like just uh, redundant mm-hmm. student intern. Um, so if it was student intern, but you were doing you were doing research analysis work, absolutely, you could say research analysis intern, research intern, whatever whatever you know would make sense in the outside world. No, that makes total sense because a lot of the students in public health are coming out after practicums, and they often put you know uh, student intern or whatever intern. So that's great insight that you could tailor that to make your application stand out even more. For sure. You've just heard part two of Gordon and LaShawn's conversation with Kamara Tuffalo, resume writer, LinkedIn consultant, and job search strategist, where she shared her expert tips and tricks and best practices you can use to create resumes that will impress potential employers. Be sure to check out the next episode where Kamara talks about the importance of cover letters, when to include them in a job application, and how to structure them in a way that is engaging for the reader. 
Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our content and would like to stay up to date, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. To learn more about our community initiatives and how you can support us, visit our website at thepublichealthinsight.com. Join the PHI community and let's make public health viral.